You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's time to talk about the Green Bay Packers. This is your Packers Update, the Daily Cheese, brought to you by Packernet.com. I am your host, J.J. Leahy. The Daily Cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet Podcast, produced by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. You can follow me on Twitter, at J.J. Leahy, to stay up to date on all things Packers or to submit questions. Packers head coach, Matt LaFleur, general manager, Brian Gutekunst, offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, new special teams coordinator, Maurice Drayton, and new defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, met with the media earlier this week. Now, I listened to the entirety of all of their interviews, and I put together a list of some of the more interesting things that I think you would care about. But first, some housekeeping items. The Washington football team has informed quarterback Alex Smith that he will be released. Apparently, the breakup between the two is mutual. Now, why does this concern Packer fans? Well, because the rumor floating around on social media is that the Packers will be interested in signing Alex Smith. I'm here to debunk that rumor. It is based on fantasy. The original source of this rumor appears to be a Twitter account that I'm not going to give credit to, who cites the fact that Aaron Rodgers and Alex Smith are apparently friends as the entire reason for why this move might happen. Once again, I promise you that if a rumor comes around that actually does have some validity to it and seems to come from reputable sources, I will let you know right away. But may I remind you, the Packers already have three quarterbacks, two of which are still under contract, and no money to go out and sign a third quarterback. If they did, I feel they would be more likely to keep Tim Boyle as opposed to going out and paying for Alex Smith, who will be much more expensive and does struggle with some significant health issues. I also got a listener question sent in by Aaron Kate from Northern Michigan. Is there any word about where Jamal Williams might end up? I know Jones has been rumored to be looking at Miami. Haven't heard anything about Jamal. So Jamal Williams is obviously a much smaller name than Aaron Jones. So right now he's not linked to any teams. I do have a bit of news about Jamal. First, that he did fire his agent a couple weeks ago. The same agent that Aaron Jones fired, Lee Steinberg, used to represent Ben Roethlisberger, but was fired by him as well. It's also true that Jamal Williams did not receive an in-season offer from the Packers, unlike Aaron Jones. So as of right now, Jamal Williams is not returning to the Packers. However, that is where he would like to play. In mid-February, he joined NFL Now and said, I'm thinking about free agency, but I'd really love to just be a Packer all my life if I could. They gave me my first shot. I love Green Bay. It's just a great place to be. But, you know, things happen. If things don't happen, then I'm just ready to take my shot into the free agency and show my skills to any team that's willing to take that chance on me. I'm just ready to go, man. I'm just ready to play, have fun, be myself, just bring my spark to any team willing to give me that shot. So according to that quote, it sounds like his priority is going to be whoever gives him the best offer. And perhaps not just financially, but in terms of who can give him a bigger role in the offense as well. So which teams out there need running backs the most? Well, according to the Draft Network, the teams that are projected to have the biggest needs at running back would be the Buffalo Bills, Arizona Cardinals, New York Jets, Miami Dolphins, and Pittsburgh Steelers. Of that list, the Jets have the second most cap space in the league at $77 million, going off the estimated $180 million cap. The Dolphins are pretty far down the list next at $23 million. Just behind them are the Cardinals at 14. Everybody else on that list is actually upside down. The Jets and Dolphins you'd imagine would be going after the really high-priced free agents like Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake, Matt Breida, Todd Gurley. 
Marlon Mack, Chris Carson, Philip Lindsay, Le'Veon Bell. Jamal Williams would find himself in a lower tier with guys like Lamar Miller, Ty Montgomery, Deion Lewis, Mark Ingram, maybe Tevin Coleman, James White. So for Jamal Williams, if he wants to be a starter, a team that doesn't have as much cap space like the Pittsburgh Steelers might be really high on his list, or he could settle into a backup role for a team like the Jets. So as of right now, those two teams, plus remaining with the Packers, strike me as the most likely options. So thank you very much for that question. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, please reach out to me via Twitter, at JJ Leahy, and I'll do my best to answer it. Now we're going to get into the interviews. We'll start with Matt LaFleur. Uh, so why Joe Barry as your new defensive coordinator? I'll tell you what, there, there's a lot of reasons why. It was a long, it really was a long process. We interviewed nine guys and, you know, first and foremost, what I always look for, and that's a high character person. Uh, then obviously somebody that's a great communicator, the scheme portion. I, I just thought he checked all the boxes. And we, like I said, we talked to, to nine guys and there are a lot of great candidates out there. Like I said, it was, it was a tough decision, but was the best one for the Green Bay Packers. Hey, so what are you looking for from your defense and, and how much of what, you know, Brandon did with the Rams last year? Are you looking for Joe to implement here? First and foremost, it, it, it is a pretty multiple scheme. It was one of the more difficult schemes to, to scheme against as, as we were getting prepared for that game. We've got to be able to adapt to your personnel and, and put guys in the right positions. His four previous years as a defensive coordinator, he was 32nd, 32nd, 28th, 28th in defense. Why was that not, not a deterrent for you? What, what did you see on film that, that made you comfortable with that? Just knowing a little bit about those previous situations, obviously I was in Washington right prior to his arrival there. So, you know, going through the process, I think as coaches, you're always growing, you're learning. Obviously that's something that we looked at when going through this, through this process, but I got a chance to work with Joe in LA. I know what type of communicator, I know the energy he brings. He's learned a lot from those previous experiences. And I don't think he's, he'd, he'd ever hide from those. We are going to get judged on what we do moving forward and and not from our past experiences. You know, we understand what's at stake. Hey, Matt, how big of a challenge is this shrinking cap going to be for you? Yeah, it is. It certainly is a challenge. It's a challenge for all of us. I mean, there's there's going to be tough decisions that need to be made. And um, it's going to be important that we, we continue to develop a lot of our younger guys because there are going to be some voids that potentially could be left there. And the best way to to alleviate those voids is, is to develop your younger guys. Hey, Matt, are you looking to make any, you know, kind of changes to the actual scheme of the defense? I know like 90% of the defense is sub package anyway, so I'm hesitant to ask 3-4 versus 4-3, but do you see some of the edge defenders playing with their hand in the ground more? Or is it going to be most the same of what we saw last year? Uh, I think there's definitely some carryover from what we've done in the past, the last couple of years, but there's going to be added elements to it as well, but um, there there will be a lot of consistency, especially on early downs, normal ball with what we want to get done, and then we'll we'll spice it up on third down. How much was Joe's familiarity with this particular scheme the deciding factor in going with him over, say, Jerry, in the sense of a guy who's already on your staff, who also has been a defensive coordinator and done pretty darn well? Was the scheme the driving factor? I, I think it was it was everything that we've talked about. That certainly that that played a little bit of a part into it when deciding. But there was a lot of great conversation throughout the interview process with all the candidates. And like I said, it wasn't an easy decision. There were so many factors that ultimately led to where we went with the decision. 
On the Friday afternoon before the game against the Buccaneers, we had a chance to talk to Zadarius and Rashawn Gary, and they said they had just come from a meeting where they were shown clips of the loss last year at the end of the season against the 49ers. They said they came out of it kind of fired up. How much do you feel that you needed to improve motivation either during the week or, or in games on your defense? We've got a lot of self-starters. I thought, just kind of reflecting on that game, I don't think it was for a lack of intensity or effort or anything like that. I mean, there was obviously some some things that we didn't execute both from a coaching standpoint and, and, and as players. So you're always trying to find ways to, you know, give your team that energy, that juice that that's needed in, in those big time games. And, you know, I was pretty pleased with just the effort and the intensity at which our guys played. It, it felt like it ramped up as the season went along, but unfortunately we just didn't come out on top. Next up, offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. So you guys had a huge jump year one to year two in, in this scheme. Where, where do you think the jump's going to come in year three, and, and where does that need to be? It's about consistency. I think that's the biggest thing for all of us is uh, we just want to stay on on the same playing field that we've been this past year and continue what we've done. I, I think there's always things you can get better at, you know, watching all the cut-ups, past week since we've been back there's so many things that we left out on the field staying consistent that's what this game's about is how long can you stay consistent and play offense the way that we did last year and Nathaniel how important is say Robert Tunyon to being consistent he really emerged last year was such a good red zone target helped you out in that area he's a restricted free agent I'll, I'll tell you, Robert did a great job at really improving his blocking. I think that's one thing that a lot of people overlook. I think he really took a lot of pride in that, having a guy like Mercedes in there. Uh, I, I think that the blocking aspect really helped him. And I think that's another thing that he's going to be able to continually improve on, which, which makes him even more valuable. And then, I mean, his ability to get down the field and, and separate and, and catch the ball. I mean, I mean, it's uh, he, he was pretty pretty good last year. And uh, whenever you have a red zone threat like that, I mean, it's huge. Uh, he's an integral part in the things that we, we did last year, and we just got to keep him developing. What is your plan for Jordan this offseason, and where does he need to make strides? You know, it's it's going to be a challenge for him. Uh, you know, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen right now with, with, with how we're going to be able to work with the players. I think always being in the, the system for a second year is huge for a quarterback, understanding the language. So I think for him, it's just growing more in the offensive system, even more than he has already. Um, obviously, we're very excited if we can be able to practice because I think that's something that, that you know he needs. Um, last time he was able to really get after the practices was in training camp. Um, so if that's the kind of what we're uh, dealt, then then it'll be training camp when he's got to really make some strides and get those those full-time speed reps. Uh, besides that, it's about studying and he's got to work on his own because we don't get to see him and just continually communicating and learning the system and working all his drill work and trying to better improve himself. Who knows what's going to happen at center? So if a guy like Runyon has to play, what did you think of John last year? He obviously got thrown in there a few times. I think one of the best things about it, about John was it just wasn't too big for him. I think that's something you're always looking for whenever you put a rookie in. We, we were lucky, you know, AJ, John, a couple guys that we threw in there. It wasn't too big. There wasn't a, that wide open eyed look. They were ready to get in there and compete. And I think that's the first thing. That's how you can't coach that. Uh, something that, that it comes natural to a player. Nathaniel, since the season has ended, have you guys kept in touch with uh, Funches at all? It seems like he's in shape, but uh, do, do you expect him to be part of your plans here this offseason? We'll, we'll find out. We don't contact the players too much right now because it's the offseason. Um, but if he's here, we'll be excited to have him here and, and uh, see what he can do and, and, and move forward from there.
All right, that's where we're going to wrap up for today. Tomorrow, I'm going to dive deep into the Joe Barry and Brian Gutekunst interviews, and we'll touch on Marie Straten as well. Don't miss tomorrow's episode. If you've been on the fence about the Joe Barry hire, or if you just plain don't like it, I think there's some stuff in here that's going to get you really excited about the future of the Green Bay Packers defense. For more in-depth analysis and a look at Packers strategy, make sure you're subscribed to the Packernet podcast hosted by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to Packernet.com and join the Packernet podcast Facebook group. Don't forget to sign up for the free Packernet newsletter by going to PackDraft.com slash newsletter. And also tune into No Huddle Radio, where I get together with Gil Martin every Friday morning, and we do a deep dive on a new Packers issue. And during the season, we really get into the nitty gritty of previewing upcoming Packers opponents so you know what to expect. We're pretty good at it, too, and we have a good time. So check that out, No Huddle Radio on Packers Talk. My name is JJ Leahy, and this has been The Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update.